You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? If so, be sure to get your game tickets from the longtime trusted source in Wisconsin, Ticket King. Visit their locations in Milwaukee and Green Bay or just go to their website, theticketking.com. Again, that's theticketking.com. about a rather unfortunate situation and by that we mean the fact that last week's podcast did not get out until Sunday morning that's just suboptimal but there's a reason for it and I know, I know Dave do you, do, you, do you want to tell the reason for it or do you want to let me talk about it uh you mean that Nick completely messed up Is uh, that well well no, but there's more you could be more diplomatic you want me to yeah maybe go ahead yeah I don't think a lot of people understand that our guy Nick is a member of our production team here uh, his daytime job, he's a hostage negotiator. And there was an incident, and I don't want to tell you his last name or where he's from because you know, I want to keep him anonymous. But Makes you know, him surly. It, it, yeah. was, it was, it was in, indeed. Um, and it was a 72-hour situation, a lot of tension. Because after the fact, uh, there's a lot of paperwork needed to be filed uh, with all the local municipalities, state government, the feds were involved in it. And then he was exhausted because the guy was up for over three days, and he 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 slept. He slept for eighteen hours, and then he'd go back. And so then he wasn't able to get to the final mix down of the last podcast. And I just want people to understand that you know it it was one of those things that happens. It doesn't happen a lot, but you know when somebody's being taken hostage, you know children, the elderly. I mean, these are things that Nick needs to spring into action, and he did. I mean, for crying out loud, the man's an American hero. So we really need to give him some slack here. We apologize that the podcast got out late, but I think you understand now. The wait, wait, wait. Person. I thought he just missed our email. Uh, well, that's what he said, but I, I like oh. to think it was because of the hostage. That's situation. the story. That's behind the story, behind yeah, the, the rest yeah. of the story. Yeah, like, well, yeah. he's modest. Okay. You know, he's yeah. humble that way. So, <laughs> yeah. And I, and so we apologize for that. And we also yeah. apologize for that lousy Packer performance. Uh, this is becoming kind of a regular thing where they, you know, kind of crap all over themselves on <laughs> the first game of the year. And we got a couple of emails to that effect. Uh, Packers losing 23 to 7. And I, Chuck, uh, was in touch just back from his European vacation, probably with Chevy Chase. And also uh, Judy, uh, you know, checking in with us as well, Judy Freeman. And they both had kind of the same sentiment. Judy says, I so wish they would play Rodgers in the preseason at least once, especially in a year where he has so many new receivers. And I, Chuck, says, more proof that the starters should play at least a bit together in the preseason. So let's start there, Dave. I, Chuck, and Judy are both saying that maybe this has got something to do with the fact that they don't play the starters during the preseason. Uh, What is your take? Do you you think that matters, especially when the Vikings don't really 
or didn't play their their starters much either in the preseason. Do you think that was a factor? Do you think the result could have been, if not a Packer win, at least a better result if the Packers had played their guys during the practice games? Well, part of me feels like saying it wouldn't hurt, but it could hurt, right? Because if any guys got injured, then it would hurt. Maybe we still lose the game, but it would certainly hurt our chances for the future. So it's it's not a... Why, why aren't they doing it? It's a no, no brainer at all. But I, so the question is though, if they do and assuming no one got hurt in, would they have played better in this game or would they be more on track? I just, I just don't buy that, that story. I, these guys, the Vikings don't, didn't play any of their starters. I think most teams, you know, some do, I think like Baltimore, don't they play uh, um, like the entire game? Cause they want to keep their streak alive and preseason wins. Um, yeah. I think I saw that. Yeah something like that. Um, but you know, they're practicing against their own defense. It's not like they're, you know, playing John Madden football and then going out and playing their first game against the Vikings. I mean, they would be cool though. If they, if they did that, but I could understand them being tired and, you know, maybe not understanding their routes or they never got hit. I mean, I think they're, they're, they're kind of taking live action and in certain areas. And how do you simulate the, the intensity of the game and, and, you know, Zedarius Smith, you know, mouth it mm. off and all that's like that. You can't really replicate that. So um, I, I, I guess again, it, it, maybe it wouldn't hurt. Maybe it incrementally could make them a little bit better. I don't think it was the difference between winning and losing this game. I think there is something that I think is much more fundamental about what's why they lost this game. Um, I just, I think it's, it's a, it's a narrative that's easy to say because it's true. We start out slow, but um you know, half the teams win, half the teams lose. I mean, and is that is is there any correlation between not playing your starters in the preseason? I just know that we're kind of all up in arms about it because, you know, we've gone 13 win seasons, but really crapping the bed on the yeah. first game. Yeah. So that you think I'll look for some kind of explanation. I I think it's something else. So I I'm I'm inclined not to think that's so significant. Well, I think Judy makes a good point. Is that with all the new receivers uh, this year on offense, maybe that might have a little benefit of having some, you know, quasi game action. But in past years, I didn't really think it was important because it was pretty much the usual guys and, and, and Rogers didn't need it. When you got, you know, Devonte Adams, you really, you know, I mean, those guys are going to be just fine. Uh, so I don't think they really needed it. Maybe this year I, I could hear the argument and maybe it makes some sense but if you play them, you know, you got to think back to 2015 and, you know, Pittsburgh and Jordy Nelson, you know, going up and catching a pass and coming down wrong. I, it was, as I recall, that was a no contact injury. He just, he came down funny on his knee and, you know, missed, I guess, just about the entire season. He may have come back late in the year. I can't remember exactly how that played out, but he, he missed, if not the whole year, the better part of that season and it was lost. And the course, you know, they struggled in that year without him. And I can see why, you know, teams don't do that. If a guy is going to get hurt, you know, make it in a game that counts. And the Packers, of course, had some injuries. So they have the solace of knowing <laughs> that Chris Barnes is probably going to be lost for an extended period. But at least he did it in a game that matters. Now, this is a guy, though, who played in the preseason, didn't get hurt. Yeah. yeah. So I guess I don't disagree entirely, but. I'm not sure that the marginal benefit uh, is going to matter, especially when the Vikings were just so much better in pretty much every phase of the game. I'm not sure the Packers win if, you know, they play uh, 
a, a couple of quarters of the starters during those first three games. I'm not sure that that, that would make the difference. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're saying, look, we need uh, A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones to sync with the offensive line. I don't think we say, hey, the safeties and the corners need to communicate, although uh, that they, seemed to be a problem. We need to talk uh, about that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, but, you know, is, is you know, playing a quarter, would that help in that situation? I think what we're all uh, assuming and thinking of is we need Aaron Rodgers needs time with the new receivers and to get on the same page. Now those new receivers did play. So it's not like they didn't get live action. It was just right. Jordan love yep. throwing to them, but you can't have that situation. Rogers exposed to the new receivers without exposing Rogers. And if he goes down in the preseason, the whole season is it's gone. Over. So, it's over so it's losing one game. Yeah. Is, is not worth and, um, and maybe they'll have a slow start for, for weeks. And, but then, then it's bigger than this. Right. I mean, they, if they're slow to start, it's week five. Now it's no longer a slow start. They may just suck. Um, but, uh, you know, I just, I don't love putting Rogers uh, to be exposed, but, but boy, he had a, he had a rough game too. So maybe, maybe it doesn't matter all that much. I, I don't know. This game well, is so frustrating. You know, his game might've looked a lot better had that first pass, you know, not gone through the hands of Christian Watson. I mean, yeah. that was a beautiful, it was a great route. Um, and so you have to remember the fact that the guy, you know, did beat Patrick Peterson, uh, you know, went inside, cut outside. He was wide open, had him beat by several yards. The ball was well thrown, should have been caught, should have been a touchdown. So right. Rogers day looks a lot better you know, with that 75 yard touchdown on the books as it was 67.6, not a great passer rating right there. No, no. Uh, so before we get into a part of that play, just imagine for a second, had he connected and got a touchdown. I mean, how, I wonder how that whole game would have been played different. Now, not only are the Vikings coming back on the field tied, there's kind of this shaky effect like mm -hmm. we had when Randy Moss started to play, right? Yep. We're like, Oh no, there is exactly <laughs> a difference maker on this team. Yeah. And um, what does that mean? I mean, uh, we thought Devonte Adams was gone. Could this guy be, you know, uh, a real difference maker? So I, I think it could have just shifted everything on the bench, on the Packers, on the the way that Minnesota attacked the game. I mean, as much as I, I, I do want to give Christian Watson some slack. It's his first game, first throw. Um, but uh, I just wonder, before I go into it any further, can you imagine how this game would have been different and how excited we would have been if that play would have connected? That would have been just oh, amazing. If, even if they go on to lose the game, uh, just you know, having that play connect like on the first play too, yeah. uh, that would have been, you would have said, yeah, you know, sure. They lost, you know, 23 to 14, but you know, we see enough to make us optimistic going forward. And I think we're at that Apollo 13 question again, what do we got in the spacecraft? That's good. Yeah. Uh, I guess the, I guess the running game, huh? I mean, the running game when they actually went with it uh, looked pretty good. I mean, you know, Dylan and Jones, uh, you know, both averaged uh, over four and a half yards a carry. I mean, Jones averaged almost 10 yards a carry, you know, so they were able to, to run the ball. But you wonder why uh, a team that seems to be remaking itself into a defense and running team, why they didn't run the ball more, because that's, I think, going, going to be their offensive identity, given the, the receivers that they have to work with. And I, I guess I was a little bit, Surprised. Now, long-time listeners to, to the podcast, and really, what other kind of listener is there to this podcast? <laughs> um, 
will know that, you know, I've always been an advocate of throwing the ball. I think that's how you win in the NFL. But things have changed. And, you know, the Packers situation has changed. And they've got the, the best players on their offense other than the quarterback, um, you know, are the two running backs. And I think at this point, what you have to do then is, you know, get those guys in, involved in both the running and the passing game. And I don't think they emphasize the run enough, especially early on. The second half, when Zach Tom came in, they seemed to get some some good runs over the left side where he was playing left tackle after running mm -hmm. got his bell rung. So I, I was a little bit surprised uh, by that, I, I guess more of a tactical situation. And I was also surprised, Dave, um, that how flaccid the defense was. I, I guess I, I had, you know, bought into this whole scenario that, yeah, you know, we're going to be a lot better. We're going to be stout on defense and look at all the money we spent and the guys we have and all pro in the middle and you got all pro on the defensive line. And we, you know, we're all, we're all good on defense. We're going to be the number five defense. Well, they sure as hell didn't look like that to me. They look confused in the defensive backfield. Um, I mean, it wasn't a disaster, but it looked kind of ordinary like it has in the past. Yeah, you've touched on a bunch of things. So can we kind of step and go no. through each one? No. Uh, all right, then. Uh, ditto, Chris. Uh, <laughs> I do betting lines. <laughs> and that's Packers therapy. Okay. That's right. There is a lot of uh, just awful things to talk about. But go, I want to go back to the okay. first play of the game, okay? Uh, or at yep, least on yep. offense. Yep. Um, now, this weekend, I was up in uh, Kohler, Wisconsin. So I was in, in Wisconsin. So there's a lot of talking about the Packers, and I kid you not, my wife heard me say this uh, as people were talking about ah, Devontae Adams, we're going to miss him. I said, you know, I just have this get, gut feeling that the Packers are being kind of coy about the new receivers that they have, that they may have something better than people are expecting. So I would love it if on the first play they do a play action and go deep <laughs> to Dobbs or Watson. I kid you not, I said it like two or three times to people. And so I'm I'm in, at this place where I'm watching the game, and sure enough, that ball goes out, and he drops it. And I, like, my brain shut down because I was, on the <laughs> one hand, I thought, this is exactly what I said to those people, and yet he dropped the ball, and, and it didn't work out. And um, But it was like, you know, and then all of the thoughts of, what does this mean? He dropped the ball. MVS is here again. Yeah, like, exactly. It's just yeah. swirling him out of emotions. But the thing that I thought was so crazy, thinking about the game later, is that the Packers had a receiver that got, I think it was the official was like three and a half yards past the, his defender. Yeah. Maybe it looked like sort of a five yard pass. Um, but what they did is they used it once and it didn't work and they dropped it. Like they, they were either Rogers was unwilling to like, I told you throw that stuff out of the playbook or did Lafleur and and the offensive coaching staff just say, you know, you know what we need to kind of keep it. These guys aren't ready, whatever it is, but you had a receiver that got open and never went back to it. I mean, I don't know if they ever threw downfield. I mean, Rogers didn't have much, much time, but you know, there could be some throw it out have a guy run under a type play. They didn't have to wait for a guy to clear 30 yards down the field. You could have done maybe some interesting things because, um, um, but you know, but I didn't see the all 22 and, and maybe mm -hmm. Minnesota was playing their safeties way, way back after that, that could have been happening. So I don't know, but I was just surprised. I felt like, you know, they, they had something and maybe that was interesting, but they immediately dropped it, you know, Oh, try it once. And then, and then stop. Do you think that that was a, a factor at all? Or were you disappointed by that? Well, I was, but I don't know. 
uh, I was actually thinking about this. Do they not run it again? Because, you know, a guy like, especially like Patrick Peterson has been around a long time. Uh, he's, you know, got, he's not going to get fooled like that twice, uh, but they could have run something on the other side, you know, a different kind of deep pattern. I don't know that they really went long again. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but did they really try to take the top off the defense at all after that? I I don't recall any anything long that they were going with. Uh, so that that's what surprised me. That if that's your first play of the game, you've got another 60 plays <laughs> the rest of the way. You think at least a couple of those you know that you try to take a shot. Now maybe because you know there was pressure on Rodgers. They're playing with a lot of you know young guys on the offensive line too. You're without your tackles, uh, which wasn't good. And maybe they thought, well, we 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 could fool them right out of the gate. But, you know, once Zadarius and the other guys, you know, start putting the pressure on, we're, we're not going to be able to get enough time to try that again. So if it works the first time, great. If not, I mean, we took our shot. and that's Scrap kind it. Of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. And I think that was a mistake. Now, they did throw a deep ball, you know, to Cobb, which, uh, you know, there was oh, a poor that was throw. Misguided. And yeah, that, probably that not was... the, the receiver you want to do that for. So maybe, you know, you could have had some. Uh, first down play action, you know, kind of, of play where you could have probably brought that out again. Um, didn't, didn't do it. Um, so that was sort of one, I just thought of how, how, how sort of precious it was that, you know, by that one drop, we just, we just can't, don't look over there again. Like, let's, <laughs> let's not even try it. Uh, these guys are not ready and it was over and, you know, Rogers, it could, I, I just really curious what's the going on behind the scenes. Cause I could see this being, I mean, we know kind of from history that this is a Rogers problem. He, He's not going to trust these guys, and and you got to spend the next you know seven weeks, and you know you got to mow his lawn and and do his taxes, and so that he will trust you, uh, rather than like throw it up and see if he can do it again. Uh, so is he going to spike the ball then every time? You know, yeah, I can't trust these guys. <laughs> Bang, you know. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> so that was the first thing I just thought. You know, you you got these guys. You know, I we predicted a loss. I would think the Packers would think that let's. Let's if we get out of Minnesota, hopefully in a, in no one gets hurt. But if we take a loss, let's learn something. And maybe, you know, using these receivers and, and stretching the field a little bit, uh, even though you take that loss, you took the loss anyway, but you really learned nothing about these guys. You, well, I guess uh, Dobbs had four catches. They kind of came in bunches there. Christian yeah, Watson right. had a couple. Um, but, you know, did you really learn a, a whole lot of what you have no. in your receivers? Like they, mm-hmm. they ended up losing anyway and, and learning nothing. That, that was the first thing I, I wanted to mention. Yeah. I, you know, when it, when it comes to those younger receivers, uh, there was a couple of occasions where you could tell that, you know, they weren't on the same page as Rogers and that's to be expected though. Not, not just because they're rookies. If they were, you know, veterans uh, who played in a different system with a different quarterback, I mean, th- those things might happen too. So I don't know that you can necessarily just write it off as, you know, being, you know, uh, problems with young guys, but Aaron has got to realize that these guys are going to play, you know, both Dobbs and Watson are, you know, are, are the guys they have and they invested in them and they've got talent and upside and he better get used to the fact that they're going to be on the field. And unless he wants to spike it every time or, you know, try to just throw the running backs, um, he's, he's running out of choices there and God knows what the deal is with, um, you know, with Lazard, they say he got stepped on. I, I'm just wondering if this isn't kind of that phantom injury that uh, Zadarius Smith had last year, where a guy was, you know, displeased 
about something. And in the case of Lazard, it was, you know, his holdout in the offseason uh, where he wanted he was only a restricted free agent, but he wanted a new contract because he was going to be wide receiver one. And, you know, I don't know. But it just seemed like oh, you're the first person I've heard say that. I, I'm surprised. Yeah, maybe it, it well, It reminded me of the Sterling Sharp thing uh, also against the Vikings in the 90s uh, where he was unhappy. And all of a sudden he was he wasn't going to play in the first game and they, they redid his deal. And then he promptly hurt himself. And that was his last season with the team. But anyway, it it kind of, you know, and I like Alan Lazard. I really do. I like the way he plays. I like the fact that he's. He doesn't take a lot of crap. I mean, he's a he's a tough guy. He's a bitter, angry man out there. And I I think we saw some of that on display uh, last year when he said, I'll run and play special teams. I don't care. I know I'll I'll block guys. I don't care. I, and I'm not going to get vaccinated. I'm you know, he's he's that kind of guy. Yeah. And I'm just wondering if he's like trying to make a point here. Well, you know, see how you like that. Um, I don't know. It's just speculation. The timing on it seemed weird. And that he got stepped on and it was so bad he couldn't practice and he wasn't going to play. And that just, I don't know, it it, it smelled funny. Maybe. Yeah. I, uh, well, something is going on with injuries with this team. Let's come back to that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, but you know, you don't have Lazard. You don't have your two, you know, best offensive linemen. Um, you know, why wouldn't on offense, you just kind of go for broke, you know, just uh, get the ball out, do some creative things, you know, try to, a little bit more of the jet sweeps and, and things that kind of are the second page of the playbook, but they, it's like they pulled out the Mark, uh, Mike McCarthy playbook mm. of hold the ball, dance around, wait for things to happen down the field. Linebackers are playing back. So you're trying to get open with, you know, everybody and their brother, you know, back in the, in the 10 to 15 yards plus back. Um, I was like, what, what, what are you trying to do here? I, it was, it was so strange to me that, and which leads to the other second point I had on offense is that you mentioned is, you know, the amount of touches that AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones had, particularly Aaron Jones. I mean, think about this. I mean, Aaron Jones to us is like Kamara for the saints or maybe mm -hmm. Jonathan Taylor. I mean, I like AJ Dillon a lot. So the him getting 10 carries is, is awesome. But Aaron Jones probably needs to touch the ball in a, either carry or receiving a 10 to 20 times. I mean, this I'll, guy has to say be 20, 20, yeah. very much involved in the offense. I guess the only reason I would say, I mean, 10 is criminally low too. Um, I guess what did he have? He eight. had uh, eight. Okay. So yeah, he needs to 15 to 20 only, you know, unless AJ Dillon is, is absolutely the hot hand. Um, I mean, he is our offensive star outside of mm -hmm. Rogers. This guy mm -hmm. should be the focal point and he was excellent, but how in the world did, that that happened, and I, I did notice that at first it was uh, Aaron Jones was in first, and AJ Dillon's in second, and then they got back to what they did a little bit last year, where they had both in at the same time, and I thought that's great. You had Aaron Jones kind of do that swing move, and you can either toss it to him or hand off to AJ Dillon. I'm telling you, I would run that some three or four variations off that same play and keep you know Minnesota guessing until they can't stop it. And I, I think I don't care who your receivers are. You got other guys who are able to block. I think you just work those guys to death. And especially with Lazard not playing, I don't know how that happened. How did Aaron Jones carry the ball five times, averaging 10 yards a carry? Um, I mean, it's like someone should be arrested for malfeasance here. That's a, that's an awful, awful thing that they did there. 
Well, you know, especially when, you know, they're they're paying him big time money. I mean, th this is his second contract and they're paying him like a top five, certainly top 10 back in the league. Uh, and for good reason. I mean, the guy's dynamic. Uh, you know, he showed he had that great that 29 yard run was absolutely great. You know, yeah. he's dragging guys and he's, he, yeah, he he was terrific. So it, it just underscores to me. Why only five carries for the guy? You know, why only between your two running backs, 15 carries total? And this is coming from me is very weird, uh, but they've got two premium running backs. They are the best players other than your quarterback. They're the best players you have on offense. And I, I guess I thought they were transitioning to a team that was going to be this running and defense team. And, you know, we didn't see the running because they didn't give it a chance. And the defense was mediocre. Right. Yeah. Well, and the other is the Zach Tom business. You know, they have Jake Hansen in there. Yep. And I think, you know, I, I listened to a couple yep. podcasts last yep. night. Mm -hmm. It feels like, you know, there are times where everyone, you know, we all have different opinions. We argue Jordan Love was a good pick or a bad pick. You mm -hmm. kind of are 50 50 mm -hmm. with fans. I think some fans react, uh, their reaction is based on the other fans saying the opposites. But <laughs> it seemed like there are some things that are universal. And it seemed like Zach Tom is better than Jake Hansen, right? I, that oh, yeah. seemed to be. And as soon as he yeah. came in, it was like a difference maker. They they suddenly could run on the left side, yeah. and they weren't they really, yeah yeah and you know and I I think that's where Jones's big run came was on the left side that's as right. well that's and, right you know I mean I don't I don't think John Running Jr.'s a problem uh, of course he's got a problem now with the concussion um, but I, I wonder like put him on the right side then because it seems like Hanson and Newman um, you know I mean I don't think they're bad players. But I don't think they're as good as John Runyon Jr. I would rather, you know, see that configuration, especially when you you don't have your tackles. You know, you really got to go. I don't care if they're rookies. I mean, if if Zach Tom is is a better guy than you know Jake or Royce, that's who you play. You play Zach. Yeah. I mean, how how is why is the only people that don't understand this the ones that matter that are coaches? Well, are they too close think to about it? it though, Dave. I mean, we saw last year in the playoff they made a That's really right. weird decision. That's right. I, now I don't, I don't, I don't want to gang up on Senevich. He's a Central Wisconsin boy like I am. You know, he's from Marshfield. Uh, he's a hell of an offensive line coach. But there seems to be, you know, some shaky calls being made about who's playing and why. And hell, well, it's conservative. What, what right? do I know about it? You know. Well, it, it doesn't seem conservative and it must come from one step higher because when we get in the defense, it feels the same way. Like mm -hmm. there is a little bit of a, like this play not to lose rather than play to win. It's, it, I don't understand it. Certainly Rogers, I think would rather take a sack than throw an interception. Um, so there, there's sort of this overall theme with this team of being very safe and cl holding it close to the vest, but yeah, exactly. They played, I forget the guy's name, uh, Kelly, Dennis Kelly. Dennis um, Kelly. Last year, instead of Yash Nyman, because they wanted to go with, well, and they put Billy Turner uh, at left tackle. Yeah, which is like, yeah, what? What the hell was that? I know it was a kind of bizarre thing. It's a, it's a strange thing. I mean, they don't do this in the front office with free agents. Forget it. They want to go all rookies there, but then the coaching staff, for some reason, wants to play experienced guys. So I don't understand that Zach Tom business. Well, maybe we've established that after game one, but you know, to if we needed a game to figure that out, at least we learned something there. I guess maybe that's one good takeaway is that maybe he's going to be implanted into the offensive line. Never leave. Unlike, you know, kind of not learning with anything else.
well, you know, concussions nowadays, you know, that, that could be a couple weeks that Runyon misses. And I mean, I would prefer that he, you know, that clears quickly and he's able to play. But I think based on the little bit that I saw, and I'm, I'm not an expert on offensive line play, but based on what little bit that I saw, it seemed like Zach Tom was an improvement there. And, you know, I don't know if running can play the right side. I don't know if there's huge differences. It would, it's a mirror image. It's probably harder than you'd think, but he seems to be better than either of those other two guys who seemed to be, well, Newman was shaky last year and Hanson did not have, in my opinion, did not have a great, a great game. Um, so they really, they really have got to do something about that uh, right guard position. And I would like to think it's as easy as just moving Runyon over there. Yeah. And then when you get your tackles back, assuming that you're going to, I, I still wonder about Bakhtiari. I, I was, well, let's, on, yeah, I want to yeah, get to that. Pastor yeah. Kevin. Yeah. Uh, but we can, we, we can hold on that if you'd rather go a different direction right now. Well, I really want to slam the coaching staff here and continue oh, this well, on. Cause please, uh, please slam the coaching staff. Do well, what you're best at. One last thing though, is on offense is when I'm looking at the, you know, who rushed the ball, who, who uh, caught the ball. Really? I, there's no one to really criticize overly. I mean, I don't, I don't know if AJ Dillon necessarily, he, well, I guess he had five, four and a half yards of carry. That's probably very decent. And I mean, he looked um, caught the ball. Well, I'm looking at the receivers. There was the one huge drop by Watson, but you know, for the most part, when balls were throwing guys ways, they kind of did their, their thing. Yeah, the okay. person who really, really kind of had a bad game, I think is Aaron Rodgers. I, I, I don't know if it's because everyone else did things that isn't measurable, running wrong routes, uh, not winking the right way, whatever it is that <laughs> Rodgers, you know, needs. Um, but you know, he took four sacks. A couple of them just felt they were the classic kind of hold the ball for a long time. He's, he can't escape like he used to. And then the interception was, was pretty shaky too. I think, you know, to wrap this all up, I, I think the game plan going into this made absolutely no sense. You know, I've seen them do game plans without Devante where it's diverse. You don't know where it's coming from. And this was nothing like that. And I thought Rogers just played poorly. And what I guess the last thing I'd say about offense is that the space between him being happy and flying off the handle is like millimeters right now, isn't it? It felt, and I'm so sick and tired of the game showing, you know, look at what Devonte Adams is doing right now is like, get that off the screen. That means nothing to this game like that. Why don't you show the price of oil for cry out? I mean, it doesn't matter. Um, what, what were his final numbers? Devonte Devonte Adams. Uh, I don't know. Let me check the cryptocurrency uh, closing price too. That, Cause that's, that's the same category of importance. Um, I mean, he, they, he lost, we lost. What are you, yeah, what are you right. going to do? Yeah. That um, I lost. Yeah. 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 So, um, uh, anyway, I, now I lost my train of thought. You throw a Devante. Well, um, you were just ripping the coaching staff. Just continue. I am. I am ripping. Yeah. Well, so I, I just, I think Rogers had a really kind of a, a poor, poor game. And I don't know if it comes back to a lot of these games where I feel like either they have a game plan and Rogers won't execute it. Or maybe the game plan is just kind of stupid from the start. And uh, I, I, I don't know. It could be either one. Um, but it was just really lethargic effort on, on offense. But maybe a step better than defense. Because <laughs> I really have some disgust for the defense. you have anything else to say on offense here that you want yes. to get off your chest? Yes, I do. Jordan Love was great. Yeah. 118.8 passer rating. Yeah, I, I, we, we have a quarterback controversy in Green Bay. <laughs> Hello, Dallas. <laughs> oh, 
Hey, that's right. You want to give us a, I don't know, second round pick for Jordan Love. Yeah, yeah right, right. He's, let's, uh, he's priced to move. That's right. <laughs> well, let's think about defense and then we can yeah, talk right. about the injuries, which uh, um, yeah, is awful. Yeah. So first, I guess, what would you describe the defensive game plan for the game? What do, what do you think they were trying to accomplish? Well, I think they bought into the hype. This will be my summation of this, and of course, it's a it just it's a wag, it's a total wag here. But um, I really believe that they thought their defense was so terrific that they could rush four guys and play zone behind it. Uh, there'd be seven guys in zone. There'd be no place to pass, and the four guys they rush the quarterback would be pushing the pocket. There'd be no place for Cousins to go except to throw into that seven-person zone. Um, no, okay. So just yeah. time out. I, I just, right. I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. curious. Is is that seen as like the vaunted defense of the past? Play rush yes. four and played zone. Like, is that was that how Which the Bears? What, well, that that's how the Packers did it in '96. You know, they had that you know great well, yes. front four, okay, and then, yeah. yeah, and then and then they 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 were able to play coverage behind it, and you know, of course, you had. A Hall of Famer in the defensive backfield. You got a Hall of Famer in the defensive line. I mean, those things help, obviously. And, and but I don't recall them always playing hands. zone. Was it zone? Was the primary no, coverage? I then? think they played a lot of man uh, because they had, like Craig Newsom and like, here, here we go, like Doug Black, Evans, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, those yeah. guys, those were tough guys, and I think they did play um, a lot of man. But the idea is the same. If you only have to, if you can get pressure, I mean, real pressure with four guys. Well, then you've got many, many more guys to cover how many are going to put, you know, four, four or five, five, maybe maximum, uh, but probably not. If your defensive line is so good that you that you can get pressure with four, you're probably only sending four guys out in uh, to pass patterns. And then you got seven to play defense against them. And so the numbers should favor you. And I think that is probably what Barry uh, decided that, you know, yeah, we we can do this because, boy, we have got. You know, we've got Preston Smith, we got Rashawn Gary, you know, you got Kenny Clark in there. Uh, Reed is, you know, supposed to be, I, I didn't see him in the preseason, but he's, you know, supposed to be a guy that can get after the quarterback from the defensive line. You, you got, you know, Lowry. I think they bought into the hype. And I think the reality was different than that. And they did not adjust and saying, whoa, I guess we're not able to get pressure with four. I guess we have to change it up. We have to start playing some man. We, you know, have to put 23. He's got, you know, Alexander's has, has got to go on Jefferson. It, I think that they, it was almost like the deer in the headlights thing where, oh my God, this is not going as I expected. What do I do now? Because they seemed unwilling to change when those tactics weren't working in the first half. I mean, it was clear in the first half that Justin Jefferson was having their lunch and they, they didn't seem willing to change it. You know, that was weird. Well, I don't understand if you think you have an awesome defense. I, I, I mean, I've, I guess I've only watched football for 20, 30 years. So I, I don't know what I'm talking about. You've watched I think, it longer than that. You old yeah, yeah, watch it for yeah. 40 years. Yeah, that's true. All right. <laughs> well, I still don't know what I'm talking about, but if I had a defense that I trusted, I'm either putting pressure with four and I'm going man because I don't want to allow, you know, guys to break open before the pressure can get home. Right. Cause yeah. in zone, a lot of times you're, I, you you're, know, saw it over and over. Yeah, you're playing you, off. You yeah. play off. You, they run to open spots. You follow your guy and let him go to the next guy. And there's space in the middle that apparently happens. 
Um, or maybe you rush three and then you play zone. But even in zone, like if a guy's in your area, don't you sort of like then stay with him? Like you don't, you're not, unless maybe I could see if you're up by 24 points in the fourth quarter, like that, now that sort of system makes sense. You rush four, play zone, make them dink and dunk down the field. But what in the world is, I mean, I don't know. I still think this defense is really good. But if you play zone with Justin Jefferson, even if you have two, three seconds, I mean, he's getting to an open spot. You throw in the ball and there's just no stopping that he's wide open. Um, and then you add confusion to it on top of it. I just, it showed a conservatism that they didn't want to blitz at all. They didn't want to play man it. They, I don't know if they just felt the offense was to score 52 points and you just had to like, just slow them down a, a little bit. But I mean, it was the most conservative I don't recall a blitz from a linebacker or a quarter or a safety at all in the game. And I think the plan is to hit Kirk cousins a few times, knock him silly. And he starts throwing balls up for you. Um, I, I, I thought the defensive game plan was a complete joke. And I, I mean, I don't, or I don't think they really had one. I, I think it was kind of like a preseason game where you don't want to show anything. In fact, maybe that's the answer. This really is the Packers fourth preseason game. Like this is, everything about it. it. It's, it's vanilla. We don't got to show anything. It's, it's just, it's just straight down the middle and we'll, we'll, we'll worry about the, the other 16 games because that I thought that that was just awful. And I, I thought individually, I saw some really good things on defense. I thought Quay Walker looked really, really fast. Campbell Injured. looked great. Injured. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I, I thought Gary was fine. You know, the defensive backs uh, looked uh, lost, but you know, it's, it's again, I don't know, like, was he supposed to follow him across the field or was he supposed to let him go? I mean, all I know is he leaves one guy and he's between the next and, and cousins throws him that duck ball that he throws. I mean, my gosh, it's cousins. It looks awful to me, um, but he's completed him because they're just open. I, 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 don't, I would really like to sit down with this coaching staff and be like, what is your problem? I, you either go after cousins or, and stick Jair, you know, or all your defensive backs that you feel are so high, stick them to these guys. And, you know, if you get picked, you know, maybe then maybe that's what they're worried about is there's Minnesota's known for all kinds of pick and crossing plays. Um, but I would, I would have been aggressive. If I feel like I'm good on defense, I'm aggressive. I'm not conservative. Chris, why does that do that? Well, I'm of the impression that they now have a better idea of who they are, what their limitations are, what their strengths are. And I really expect them now to adjust now that they've I seen this. Well, now that they've seen this in practice, uh, I would be really disappointed because there seemed to be a fair amount of defensive backfield confusion out there, which is never a good look. And I just... Wondering, it, it, as long as I can remember, and maybe it's true in every team, I just pay attention to the Packers more, but it seems that there's more confusion in zone coverages than the man-to-man. -man. Maybe because man-to-man's pretty, well, it's just what the name says. Right. That's your man, you stay with your man. But in zone, there's all these, you know, well, I know I, I'm supposed to leave them for you, or I'm supposed to come up and cover this, you know, area of the field here. And and others, you know, guys are always like pointing at each other. And I, you know, right. well, damn, if anything is that hard and it's costing you that bad, screw it and go with what's easy. You know, man up to a guy. Um, if you are keeping seven guys 
to play coverage and you're just rushing four, well, then play man on the four guys who are receivers. And then you still have three guys to kind of, you know, play zone safety kind of thing to make sure nothing gets over the top. I mean, that that to me would make a lot more sense, kind of a combination like that where you've got right. four, four guys playing man and you got the other three guys helping out. But, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's harder than that. I'm sure it is, right? Because I would think, okay, if you don't want to do man and you're worried about, um, I mean, they have really two good receivers, maybe a, a, an, I don't know, tight end that's okay. I, I don't see him. Irv Smith caught no balls. Um, but, you know, Jefferson and Thielen are fine. Delvin Cook is certainly fine. So, you know, let's let's make sure we control Delvin Cook, which they did for the most part. Um, what was his stats running wise? He was 90 20 yards. for 90. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you know, and a lot of that came toward the end. I felt that in crunch time, I, I didn't think that Delvin cook was, was the guy that really beat us. Um, but this idea that should you've had uh Jair Alexander covering and following Justin Jefferson, Jefferson across yeah. the field. Um, I, you know, I would make sense to me, you know, maybe play sort of a combination zone and, and man, as you, as you said, like, and I've been seeing all over Twitter, like, you know, there is a defensive structure that looks like this or like this, and you could have done this or that. It's like, what are all these genius defensive people doing on the other side of Twitter here? Like they should be over uh, constructing defensive schemes for the Packers. I, because what they, what they did seemed absolutely atrocious. Um, but yeah, there's some, it was, it's this kind of zone that you could have still had Jair follow Jefferson around. And then on top of it, Jair comes out and says that he actually was asking to do it. And yeah, so it wasn't yeah. like, you know, there is some hidden reason or um, so now you've got that sort of uh, controversy brewing that he's not happy. So, oh, it's just, why would you <laughs> well, stop that when he wants here, to do that? Here is a guy who's making serious money because he, he signed his extension and he should, I mean, he's, he is a, a terrific player. He's one of the best corners in the league. Is he no, the highest no paid? Yeah corner in the league if he's not the highest he is among the you know two or three highest i mean the guy the guy's making serious dough so wouldn't you want that guy you know because he is the one of the highest paid at his position if not the highest feature him in the way you would you know when you're a high paid offensive players right you're paying those guys because they're field tilters right and you're not doing any good if alexander is you know holding you know, the supporting cast, you know, to no catches. Well, big deal. Somebody else could probably do that. What you want him to do is make sure you lock down the one guy. Now, the argument that was given on TV by Greg Olson, who is, I got to say, that guy is really good at his job. He's uh, like a very good analyst. At any event, you know, his his thing was, well, you know, we talked to Barry about this and they don't want to go man because if they go man. That means that the other guys have a hard time finding their man. And I thought, well, <laughs> wouldn't that be the case anyway? If, if you were just playing a man scheme, period, um, every, everyone would have to watch as they come out of the huddle and okay, I've got 87. I, you know, I've, I've, I've got, you know, 89. That's the same thing you do in basketball, right? You, <laughs> yeah. you, you find the guy and you go and cover him. Because, sometimes you do it on the yeah. fly, right? Well, yeah. Well, I, and I, I got think this guy. that, yeah, you know, you you stand there at the line, you watch them break the huddle, and then you, you go line up by your guy. I mean, how I don't maybe it's a lot harder, but they use that as the excuse that boy, well, that would goof everything up if if he was going to play, you know, Jefferson, that would mean that everybody else would have to adjust too. Well, yeah, I mean, so what? That's that 
that's kind of what you do. Is I, mean, I don't know why that's such a big deal. Now, there could be a very good, more detailed explanation. But if that's the best you got, I'm a little surprised by that. Yeah. Well, certainly Minnesota was afraid of it because they kept scheming him away from Jair Alexander. And I think they were surprised when they thought, huh, he's not moving with Jefferson. And, oh, look at that. He's open. <laughs> you know, he's he's running away from coverage. Um, it's sort of like when we played some teams that don't cover Devonte with anyone decent, you know, they like the teams that would bracket him, it would, we'd have a yeah. tougher time moving the ball. And well, of course that would be Minnesota and people that understand how the Packers play, but then we play the Raiders and it's like, why would they, they just never figured out that Devonte is the guy you need to stop. And it felt like we were the dummies on the side where I guess a team we play twice a year. I don't understand it. I've been very whiny for most of this podcast, but um, I just, I, the mistakes and the things that go wrong, they're not new. It feels like it's, it's, it's when we lose, it, it's a very similar type of way we do that. It ends up Rogers holds the ball too long. We never aggressive on defense. I mean, I, if we were too aggressive on defense and gave up three bombs, you know, I, I, maybe I would be upset and say, why would they do that? But I would think that I would think, at least we're trying something different where I like that we're being aggressive. Um, I would have loved to see our good corners try to stay with their receivers up to 10 yards, which I think they could do and allowing our rush the chance to get to cousins. I, and especially with a blitz or two, I think that would have worked. I, I think we have the talent to have won that game. Uh, I just think the scheme on both sides of the ball were just awful. So what about that halftime comment? Um, EA told us coming out of halftime that she had spoken to LaFleur and he kind of ripped the team for their, for their uh, effort, uh, the intensity they were bringing. Um, do you think that was really the case? I mean, that they weren't playing well because they weren't into it. They weren't jazzed up. And maybe that's another reason why you want to, you know, play them a little bit in the, in the preseason. It seemed to me as though Dylan and Jones were playing really hard. Uh, but I, I don't know. Maybe that was part of the defense's problem is they, is they, you know, didn't have the requisite, you know, energy and oomph. Um, but that was, that was the criticism that the coach had at halftime that was relayed at least on, on, on Fox. So did you detect that, that they were playing flat and cause maybe it was this game maybe, you know, the team just wasn't re just wasn't responding for some reason. Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up. I didn't hear the comment because I was in a room where I couldn't hear the announcers and Aaron Andrews okay. all that. But I, I did kind of write down my notes that is this team coming out of the gates here, if there is like an uh, elephant in the room that they are having to overcome. And I, I can't quite picture it. Maybe it's Devontae Adams leaving, hearing the narrative. You've got all these young guys. The mid to older guys are skeptical. Um, you know, Watson drops the ball. The, the air is deflated, like not just a little, it's a lot. Um, you know, I hate seeing Aaron Rodgers on the sideline, you know, instantly going into uh, code red mode. Remember you said I have code red, um, <laughs> but you know, right. He, he's, uh, you know, he's upset, you know, he's, he's just with his coach and he's not with the receivers, you know, patting him on the helmet, you know, we, we didn't come into this season with this, like, look, I know Devante has gone, but I believe in these guys, you know, rah, rah. It was more of a, let's see, they better know what they're doing. Cause I have high expectations um, that this team is just on the edge. And I think this is where I lost my train of thought before is, 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 is just on the edge of 
contentment to discontent that Rogers is, you know, if it doesn't go well, he's ready to fire uh, off. I mean, Jair sort of complaining to the press that he wasn't allowed to, to man yeah. up on Jefferson. Yeah. That's weird, right? Why would you sort of throw that out there? It seems like that's discontent. This Bakhtiari business, like mm. what is going on with this guy? Yeah. And should we just say he's not coming back? I, um, like it, it, that, this seems like there's a shadow of he's maybe there. He's not there. Are they, he could play, but we're our medical staff is either incompetent or overly conservative. Um, I don't know what's going on, but it just feels like this team, there's something disjointed about this team or dysfunctional and I can't put my finger on it. And, you know, hearing that, I didn't hear that cause I, I didn't hear that live at least. Uh, but that makes sense to me that somehow the team, if we were winning, everyone's things great. But if it loses a little bit, you see Rogers yelling at his quarterback coach and it just kind of goes down the whole bench of discontent and kind of weird feelings. I, I just wonder if there's something going on and we, we need, once we can get three, four wins, we'll be fine. But right now it's, it's a wait and see situation. Well, last season, um, I think we talked, um, late in the year, you know, do you want to bring back Bakhtiari? And I know that's, you know, um, you know, it's sacrilegious in lots of ways because he's been a great Packer. He's been an all pro three, four times. I mean, the guy, the guy's a great player. Uh, and he did sign a big contract, uh, but they got, what, 25, 26 plays out of him last season, and then he couldn't go anymore. And it turns out that his – it wasn't just an ACL. Apparently, he had you know, a bunch of stuff wrong in that knee, and he needed you know, multiple surgeries on it. Um, and I guess there'd be you know, cap ramifications, but I'm almost to the point where I don't know if – even if he plays, I don't know that we'll see the David Bakhtiari that they're paying for. And if that turns out to be the case, they probably would have been better to, you know, cut ties with them in the offseason had there not been significant cap ramifications. Because I think once you do that, it accelerates and puts you in cap hell. And maybe carrying him just made sense because you don't want to, you know, screw your cap um, until you're ready to run up the white flag. I'm I'm at this point when he was not able to practice last Friday, practice on Thursday, didn't practice Friday. That told me that, you know, the padded practice on Thursday, he wasn't able to recover from it the next day. And that's when I figured, yep, he's not playing on Sunday. And what does this mean that he can't yeah. even, you know, go through a padded practice uh, without needing a day off? So I, I'm not sure, A, if we'll ever see him again. And if we do see him, I am prepared that he's going to be limited. He, I mean, it's only, you know, psychologically, he's probably going to be favoring it. Uh, opponents are going to know, hey, this, this is a guy with a bad knee, so I'm, I'm going to make him stress that knee. Uh, and he might be, you know, covering for himself. And let's face it, he's also almost two years older than he was when mm -hmm. he injured that knee. Uh, so there's a lot of factors here that make me think that even if they get him back, he's not going to be the guy that we remember. He's not going to be that, you know, seal off the edge guy and just worry about the other four positions. So I am really troubled about that. I, I imagine Jenkins is going to be back and he's going to be fine. But um, I, I don't think anybody should be expecting David Bakhtiari and certainly not the David Bakhtiari pre-injury. Yeah, I think that's right. I think, uh, how can you kind of go forward without assuming that? I think someone, uh, 
podcast had said, you know, when's the last time you heard of someone having an injury and coming back after 21 months? Like it's either, you know, a year or so, or, you know, um, been out of football and like years later, but like this, this two years of, of back and forth just seems so odd to me. And, um, I mean, this team is really confusing me right now, the way they played, you know, schemed up against the Vikings, this injury list, uh, you know, this kind of barking back and forth that you're seeing. I mean, I, and I certainly, uh, the Fox broadcast, which I don't know what the narratives were saying, but you kind of just see it by just watching the screen. They kept showing all the mopey faces. And I thought, I don't know, you know, you can edit that to look however. I mean, the narrative mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. Devante's gone. And so now Rogers yeah. is upset. Like, that's a great story. Yeah. I don't, but it, it feels like that's, it's becoming its own reality. It's it. Um, I mean, maybe the Packers are afraid to take chances because Devontae's gone, so they lose, and now they're mopey. I, I don't, I don't know, uh, but it seems well, weird. This team. Is it a hangover? You know, from that disgusting playoff loss, and that you know, while a lot of us, they, well, it's a new season. You know, we're turn the page, and Devontae's gone. We got rookies. It's a different team. Is there a hangover from that? horrible, disappointing, disgusting showing at home after you get, you know, the top seed and all that. I'm, you know, maybe that's a part of this is that, you know, the, the core of the team is carried over and, you know, they're, they're still questioning themselves after what was a really crappy, shaky performance. Yeah, maybe. But if that were true, you want to get a taste out of your mouth. Why wouldn't you just go for it? Why wouldn't you be aggressive on defense and to be creative on offense. Like, why would you let's take a step back? I guess if I fell off my bike, I might not like want to, you know, get on a motorcycle, I suppose. But you know, in a, you're, you're going to, you're playing your rival away. It's the first game of the season. This is not a do or die situation. You could have been more aggressive and kind of go for it. And I, I guess I'm disappointed. My team is just, Placid is maybe the best way to put it. They they're used to winning 13 games. Let's see if we can coast into it. They're going to have to earn it. Um, they're going to have to figure out how to get these guys to play on receivers. I think they're going to they can afford to be aggressive on defense, and they need to start playing that way. But uh, I'm afraid it's going to take them the bye week, which now this year is oh, like, oh man, it's, the end, oh right? god, yeah, and before they can like change anything, right? It's got to get that bye week to figure. Yeah, it out. well, and that's uh, what, week thirteen, is it? I mean, it's way late, and then you've also got that stretch of four road games in five weeks, and one of them right. is overseas. So, yeah, I mean, things aren't lining up great to start off, you know, the season. But I guess they could beat the Bears yeah. next week by thirty points, and yeah. oh, you know, be well, on their way. Right? Yeah, that is that is true. I I I don't know that the Bears are uh, a pushover. I mean, they won their game right th- this past week, so yeah, it's pretty nasty conditions. And yeah. and they had Lance Trey Lance was playing. For the Four Niners were in a good spot to be played. Yeah, uh, I, just like the Packers were really. If you think yeah. of it, I mean, they were. If you're gonna play them, week one is the best time. You had the injuries uncertainty, you know, Rogers hasn't played live yet. If you're going to play the Packers week one is it. And apparently that's San Francisco at the weather had the same issue. Well, I'm just, I'm just not sure though, that we should assume that, yeah, this is like last year and the next week, you know, they, they kick the crap out of Detroit and, and we should just kind of assume they'll be back at Lambeau. They'll have Chicago. They'll beat Chicago handily. I don't know if we should assume that. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, predict or project um, a loss, but there was, 
enough discouraging stuff in the game against the Vikings. You know, to make me wonder, um, you know, maybe this is going to be a work in progress. I mean, last year they had Devontae Adams and, you know, they rebounded nicely. Um, this year they don't have that. And they have a few injuries that they're going to be dealing with. You know, you you don't know if if you're going to have um, uh, McDuffie might be lining up at you know inside linebacker because Bar- Barnes looks like he's probably done for the season. And you know, I haven't heard any reports yet uh, on Quay Walker, uh, but you know that could be a big change right there. And you know, you're going to be playing somebody different on the offensive line probably too. So I I'm not sure that we can just say, okay, they got that out of their system and it's going to be fine from here. I, I, this is a different season. Uh, we're going to have to wait and see on the right side though, Dave, there weren't any glaring special teams problems. Although I thought two or maybe even three of those punts could have been blocked, but they weren't. Um, and so special teams weren't an eyesore. So I guess that's something, right? Well, I saw they were ranked 29th. Um, and I guess two teams didn't play or four teams. I guess they're in one Monday night game. So they were ranked 29th out of, I guess, 32 how many teams. Are? Yeah. yeah. So 32. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't, I, they didn't do anything s- special, but they didn't uh, fumble. Um, I guess they got positive yards. Didn't lose anything. They had the one penalty, as you they mentioned, the one, the, yeah, yeah, running the, into the kicker, yeah, which, which apparently yeah. is a yeah, flops now are part of the NFL. Um, yeah, so I, I, to me, they were an A plus from what I'm used to, but apparently, <laughs> normal grading, that's a very generous curve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, that is, that's another situation. It would, you know, it almost seems. Wouldn't it be refreshing to go back to the days when we were concerned about the special teams? Now it's like, you know, you don't even think about the special teams because there's problems on on both sides of the ball to start off with. So, a situation worth monitoring. Um, so I think. Do we need to take a break or do you want to just want to push through here? What's the, what's your preference? I can uh, push through. Why don't we do that? All right. Let's just push through and then let's leave that all aside. Uh, Check the email here. Who else? Oh, uh, 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 Chris was in touch with us. Chris in the desert. Now, I forgot if he's Arizona or California. Um, I had California in my, but I don't know if it didn't move. Oh, by the way, while we're talking about emails, I did want to make sure that when I was I was kidding about Nick being a slacker. I, Nick is on our team, oh, just Nick like Minto Miller. He's the best. So I, yeah, I was only joking. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, Nick is, Nick is a good man, and we're really lucky to have him. And and Mike. I mean, they're both super guys. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about uh, Chris. And he, he I, did he stop emailing us last year? I, I was really glad to see his email because I was, you know, concerned. Uh, but he was in touch, and he makes you know a couple of points as he always. Um, does he also mentions the Hanson Newman love? He he says he doesn't get that, and we already kind of touched on that. Um, he also seemed to say that they struggled in the run game, and I to me it seemed like um, they only struggled when they didn't run the ball. I mean, when when they actually handed the damn thing off, they seemed to do okay. I mean, but they only ran 18 times. They had 111 yards. Uh, 6.2 average. Um, I I don't know that there were struggles in the, especially in the second half once they they you know uh, changed out Tom. But even at that, they just didn't run enough for me to think that there was a problem with the running game. What was your sense on that? Did did you get a sense of struggle on the running game? Well, I was trying to see um, 
Well, you know, they gave up. We didn't talk about, you know, they left 14 points on the field, I guess, or 12 points if you don't include the extra point um, with the drop. And then they went for it on fourth down and didn't oh, yeah. uh, convert yeah, yeah. on that play. And so that was a run play. That's just it, uh, in the goal line, that, you're right? You're talking about the on the goal, goal line. line. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a run play strange. option. I yeah. guess that you have three options. You could throw it, you could hand it off or the quarterback can keep it. And then Minnesota went all out on two options and Rogers did not take the right one, which was to keep it. He would have walked in. He could have moonwalked his yeah. way into yeah. the end zone. I mean, the guy, the defensive end for Minnesota crashed so hard. I just, I just feel like the tendencies of this team just are, are so telegraphed. I would love to see somebody like what, and, you know, getting confused of something that we're doing. Um, but in terms of the, let's just kind of picking one of these series here. Let's say the second punt, um, the play series was Dylan ran for four yards, second and six, uh, two yards on third and four. We get a pass to Cobb for first down, uh, then Dylan for two incomplete to Dylan, uh, then sack. So I, you know, I guess there are, I think there are a number of running downs early on when it was maybe two or three yards and you're getting into second and third and longish, you know, but I certainly didn't think that was like the glaring problem. Um, if I go to, let me just check a, a later series here, like in the second half. So here's seven plays when we punted, uh, Rogers, uh, passed to Dylan for nine. Then Jones ran for 31 yards. I'm sorry, for five yards. All right. Um, uh, Rogers sacked on first and 10. Then, uh, got a long pass to dubs. That was good. Then you get a first down short pass to dubs again for three yards, incomplete short, right sacked and then punt. So like there's when we're down 20 to seven is a seven play punt. I mean, it wasn't really the run game that really got us in, in trouble there. It's, it's the sacks, right? It's yeah. It, it, twice in that series, Rogers got sacked and just kind of killed that, that drive. Yeah. I, I, I didn't see the run game as a problem other than the fact that I, I thought they needed to run the ball more, which again, I can't even believe I'm saying it, but I, I really do believe that this is a team where their strengths, you know, are their running backs. And so you, you got to let those guys carry the ball. And Chris also mentions um, that he thought another problem was green Bay, not drafting uh, an outside linebacker because they, he didn't think they were getting enough pressure. Oh, well, excuse me, Dave. I was doing a line there. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, the pressure did seem to, to, to fall apart as the game went on. I, I kind of feel like the, the effort dropped. Um, you get behind and you know, you, I don't know if people's motors were running as, as hard as they were in the first and second quarter. I, I think we're going to get pressure, but I, I don't like the fact that if we can't get it with four, that we're not trying Five. You know, something different. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. six or, you know, or, you know, there, I think maybe I can remember one play where maybe they crowded the line of scrimmage and backed off. I'm a fan of that too. You know, you're, you're showing something other than four guys in their four spots and they're in everyone, you know, everyone is in a spot and you can, the offense can adjust to it. It's kind of like the McCarthy offense. You just knew exactly where the receivers are going to be and they're going to go straight or stop. And it, it was just one or the other. And uh, some variation would be would be nice. Well, yeah. uh, you know, I think Chris does make an interesting point. Uh, Devontae Wyatt has been kind of a cipher to this point. And Chris points out that he's a 24-year-old defensive tackle, um, you know, who it, it's, it's not like Kenny Clark was, what, 21, I think, when they drafted him, 20 or 21. And, you know, he's now he's only like, you know, 25 or 26. Um, 
this is a guy, White is a guy who, for being an older player, you, you, you think he would be more prepared and more polished, and he's really not even getting on the field. So maybe if, if they're going to draft defense, maybe they, you know, after they got Quay Walker, they should have been looking at an outside backer at that point. And maybe, maybe Chris has got a point there because they're pretty thin um, at outside linebacker. You know, after, you know, you get through your first two guys, after you get through Preston Smith and, and uh, Rashawn Gray, as uh, they like to call him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, once you get by those guys, you know, you really, you know, you really don't, have much so you know i think i think i think think chris has got an interesting point there and i'll i'm i'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt on that one that maybe he liked uh jermaine johnson he said out of uh florida state and um i like jeremiah johnson i thought was a hell of a movie so i guess i was we, gonna say rob redford so, he, yeah, he was off the edge outsta- yeah. he was outstanding outstanding right. in that yeah yeah <laughs> um so any we got a couple more comments here on email from iChuck. Yeah, I just want to cover this as well. We already said he you know, questioned whether or not they should have been playing more in the preseason. He said he wasn't surprised to see the offensive struggles. Uh, he thought there were too many new and, and moving parts. And believe me, as the inventor of the iPhone, he would know about new and moving parts. So I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to agree with him there. Uh, but he said he was surprised that the defense, and I will quote him here, Shit the bed is what uh, Chuck tells us. End of uh, quote. Yeah. Yeah, end of end of quote. Uh, he predicted a loss, but he thought it was going to be something more like thirteen to ten. Um, and I guess I would have expected something closer too. And I, I guess I was as guilty as a lot of people, just kind of buying into the hype on this defense. And now I'm at the point where they're going to have to show me that that hype was even remotely justified because right now they look pretty ordinary. Well, someone made the point. I think this is true. I, 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 I do. I am surprised the defense didn't play better. But if you look at the drive chart, you have a 10 play touchdown, but then three plays punt, uh, five plays punt, eight plays field goal, then you have seven plays touchdown. So the first half was, but these are on, you know, Packers punt, 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 you know, downs. Um, but then as we settle in, you know, three plays pumpy for the half, and then we get into the second half. The defense did gave up a field goal, five plays punt, 12 plays field goal, seven plays punt. So there were quite a few punts that Minnesota had. I mean, the offense never gave them a break, right? They never allowed the defense um, some room. They're always playing behind. Um, so I, I guess the defense, I think, could still be good. Maybe we, we, we need the offense to step up. The offense plays this terrible and approach the game like this and the, and the scheme is the way they have, then I don't give it a whole lot of hope, but I, the defense um, wasn't helped out by the offense much at all. Well, I think that uh, we should now go on to the real story and that's the betting lines uh, yeah. from, from last week. Now, I think we really need to shout out our man, Mitno Miller um, for calling an audible on Sunday morning um, and I think he opted for the pass as opposed to the run, and he was able to put up some betting lines, and we tried our best to get the word out. I don't know how many people actually participated in the betting lines, uh, but thank you, Mike, uh, for doing that. We, we we very much appreciate that. So let's go over those, and then we'll set the lines for the, for the coming weeks. So what do we got from last week? And this is a Mitno Miller special. This is a Mitno Miller special, and – you know, given the fact that our podcast came out so late, you'd think, you know, the participation was low, but we might have had a record. 
We have really? a ton of people play. Yeah. So wow. either uh, Mike has been holding back on us or <laughs> uh, by him reaching out directly to uh, get the lines in front of people. I think he had people's uh, email address and I played the betting lines this time through uh, his Google um, yeah, uh, that was link cool. and, and yeah. it was very cool. So it was fun to play. Um, and of course I did terrible cause I, I don't know this team at all, yeah. uh, as, as I just demonstrated over the last hour. Uh, but let's go through, we have a, a tie. So we have, but we have a single winner. Okay. Uh, okay. So number one, uh, Aaron Rodgers, quarterback, Ryan, oh rating. I mean, yeah. And quarterback he, he, rating. Yeah. He set the line at what? 115. I think he said one that. One fifteen, And, uh, wouldn't you know, it was the under, um, <laughs> you needed to get 67.7 to uh, push on yeah. Aaron Rodgers quarterback rating. So, but it's not, it's okay. It's not his fault. Let's just let's just get that what, straight. What what did I set when we did the actual podcast? I think I, I don't have, have it in front of me. I yeah, think I set uh, it at, at like ninety two or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. the low nineties. Yeah. I would have taken the over. I'm I might have. Uh, anyway. Uh, oh, what? No, uh, I did take the over. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, number of catches for Aaron Jones. He set the, the line was set at six and a half, and he had the under. Uh, was three. Oh. Uh, number number three. Number of catches for Green Bay rookie wide receivers. And that's good. The line was four and a half. Um, and actually, I think, I don't know if Mike set these or if uh, these are actually coming from some oh, betting service Vegas or something. Yeah. I wonder, um, but four and a half and uh, it, over was correct. It was six. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess that's something uh, positive to take away from. Right. Um, total punt return yards for Green Bay. The line was set at 14 and a half. They had 12. So very close line there, but slightly under. That was a good line. That was a good line. That was a good line. Uh, number five, total sacks interceptions by Green Bay set the line at four and a half. They had one, and yeah. and that's actually pretty pathetic, right? That yeah. I was surprised. Terrible, terrible. Yeah. No. Um, I mean four and a half. I don't think I would have taken maybe the over on that, but you know I think that'd be a decent line. But oh, uh, one. Yeah, uh, I, I I thought it was. I have to think about that one because I even played this time around, and I would have. I forgot what I went with. I may have gone with the under on that, but that was really that one I had to think about. Yeah, I think you you did take the under. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it's interesting uh, line. Uh, number six uh, receiving yards by Justin Jefferson. Mm. Line was set at one hundred. Oh, it was one hundred. Okay, okay. Yeah, uh, one hundred and eighty-four. Um, <laughs> total rushing yards for green Bay. Uh, that line was set at 80 at the over. They rushed for 111. That was a yep. good sign. Yep. Uh, seven and a half. Does Dylan get a carry in the first drive? He did not. He was, they, uh, did the one or the other for a little mm -hmm, bit mm -hmm. and, uh, seven, three quarters is Roger seen yelling at one of his receivers. <laughs> um, the, uh, the line says no. Um, but maybe, maybe Tom Clements, uh, was always shielding the receivers cause I thought Rogers was yelling at somebody. Um, well, so. he was, he was certainly giving him the stare. Now it wasn't yelling maybe, but yeah. it, you know, it was, if a stare could make a sound, <laughs> it, 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 it was yelling and screaming that that was bitter. Yeah. We'll give Mike the benefit of the doubt. I, I he, there's a couple of times coming out the field that he was yelling. It's not clear if it's at the refs or, or whoever. So um, shaking his fist at God. Why? Why? <laughs> right. Right. Why have you yeah. made me a multimillionaire? Okay. Where are my psychedelics? Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, we'll give Mike the benefit of the doubt, even though I think Judy thought she uh, got the right one with the yes, but uh, Mike is calling a no, and that's that's how we call it. Um, number of tackles for Devondre Campbell was the tiebreaker. He had 11. 
Yeah. We had a tie. Uh, let's see, with a correct, Richard Durain. Ah, excellent. Did not win. Oh, no. Sam Freeman won. Uh, Sam won. Eight Sam. correct. Got close on the number of tackles with 10. Congratulations, Sam. Apparently, uh, your folks are visiting you in Minneapolis, I believe. Right. Maybe this, That's this weekend, what Judy so. said in her email. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so uh, shame on you for living in Minneapolis. But, uh, you know, we so, all have our faults. How many times did the Freemans win last year between Tom, Judy, and Sam? Didn't they have like four or something? Was it I last year? I think it year was or? every yeah. week. They won every week, yeah. yeah. So this they, is now they are they are a machine. They're unstoppable. Those Freemans, I'll tell you. They're the Tom Brady of uh, the betting lines. <laughs> yeah. All right. So congratulations, Sam. You get to spend the first week. It's the 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 hotel and casino is clean now. So this is yeah. the this is the time you want to be in there. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, good this is really this is really the time before the floors get sticky. So <laughs> right. enjoy, enjoy that. And I think there's nonstop, uh, you know, from the Twin Cities to Vegas on Delta. So you be sure to enjoy that, Sam. And thank you for for playing. Do we know how many people played total? Uh, I have 38. Players. Now, that's a that's a strong number for us. Yeah. So. And these are these are a who's who of our listeners. Congratulations. Uh, have your friends play. Actually, uh, my wife played for the very first time because I said, check out this Google link. And, and then she beat me by two points. So there you go. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I'm very, uh, I probably my lines make no sense in terms of what I was seeing in this game. But anyway, speaking of making no sense, are you ready for the I am, Bears I am, betting I am lines? I'm set to go. I'm set to go. Yep. All right. And I have a little bit of a Bears story when we're done with the betting lines. Okay. 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 All right. Uh, first, uh, number one, uh, Aaron Rodgers quarterback rating. Uh, it's a, it's a classic. It's always good to start out that way. Um, yeah, I, I really think he'll be above, uh, 67.6. I think he might even be above 80. So, um, I'm going to go back to where I was, uh, in the first game and I'm going to go 92. Okay. I'm going to take the over one more time okay. and say that it, at home against the bears, I thought the bears looked pathetic. So I, I think this uh, is this is a good team for us to play at the right time. I, I I'm going to take the over. All right. Uh, number two, how many wide receiver drops? Okay. Now, um, what did we say? This is it two this past week. I think that's what we went with, right? The the opening one, and I think Dobbs might have dropped one too. Um, good question. Mike's got to be on on the ball when we have these kinds of bot lines, but yeah, we'll, we'll say well, two last week. But 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 his his decisions final. So uh, whatever he determines. But um, I'm going to set that at. I'm going to set the drop. I'm gonna actually going to set the drops at three and a half. Three and a half. Oh, yeah. I, I thought you say two and a half. All right, I'll take the under then. I was leaning to two and a half, but yeah. I I really think that this week there's going to be more possession drops than there were last week. Well, That's I think they'll have more, yeah, longer drives. Uh, no. So there, I think there'll be more opportunities. Um, yes. Although I, and there, maybe there've been more drops this week, but Rogers was very generous by just taking sacks. So maybe this week, so <laughs> throw the ball a little bit more. Um, okay. Number three, uh, total touches could be receptions or carries, or um, I guess those are the two for AJ <coughs> Dylan and Aaron Jones. Okay. So this past week, there were 15 times that the two of them combined ran and five and three, eight. So 23 would have been the one for this week. Um, you know, that doesn't sound too bad, 
So oh, that's was, okay. What? Go ahead. No. Okay. I, I was, was going to say. I mean, I mean, if Jones Jones needs to be getting seventeen by himself, and I would think that Dylan, you know, should be getting probably at least a dozen. So I'm gonna I'm gonna set that line at uh, twenty four and a half. <laughs> twenty four and a half. Wait, what was what was your math? You said seventeen and twelve. It's twenty nine. Yeah, and so you're going to go on. All right, I'll take the over then. Okay. Okay. I'll do it. All right. Uh, number four, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Mike's line here total sacks and turnovers for the Green Bay defense. Hmm. Uh, let me see. They got Justin Fields this week, huh? Uh, he's going to be good for an interception. He's a big, stout guy. Might be hard to bring him down, though. Uh, let me put that at uh, three and a half. All right, I'm gonna take the over. I think we get we get a pick, and I think we can get three sacks. So I'm gonna take the over. Okay. Uh, and then speaking of your uh, strapping young man of uh, Fields, how many total yards will passing yards will Fields have? Mm. Uh, do you happen to know what he did this pat? But well, of course, the weather was really lousy in that game, yeah, so I'm probably not yeah. a, much of a guide. Um, and he's. We have got to stop thinking that every year the Bears are going to be terrible because eventually they're going to figure it out. And I, I don't know that that's going to be this year. Um, this is his second season as starter, correct? I think that's right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I guess uh, I'm going to go 214 yards. All right. That's time. Uh, that's. Uh... I'll take the under. Okay. Take the under. Okay, number six, uh, total yards for Dobbs and Watson. Mm. So what do they have this past week? 37 for Dobbs and Watson with 34. So that's... And a couple of run, running plays. So you guys oh, are... oh, oh I'm, I'm sorry. So you want not just re receiving yards, but yeah. all, all yards. Yeah. So 11 more, yeah, 11 more there and 18 and... 71 would be almost looking at 90 yards. Hmm. You know, if you combine it, and I don't know if, if they're going to do as much running because each one of those guys got a chance to run with the ball, mm -hmm. but it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me to have the two of them together be over a hundred. So I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say 110. 110. All right. I'm going to take the under. Well, we could get 75 in one chunk again. Let's see. Think what are the chances uh, of them, uh, Oh, man, that's a good. All right. I just gave me an idea. I'll be come back to that. Um, let's keep going, though. Number seven. How many times will Rodgers get sacked? This is what I think is a key stat. For me. Yeah. For this pastime. Um, who are they going to start? Uh, that's the question, right? I mean, mm. Who is going to be out there? And I, I kind of get the sense as though they're not going to rush those tackles back. Um, but I think it's an upgrade if, if Zach Tom plays even if that's the only change in the line um i'm gonna set that line at uh i'm gonna set it at two and a half okay i'll take the under but this is hope because uh if it's over um then i think we've got real problems i think this is kind of real mike mccarthy a 2.0 if this is what we, we're getting this this year um okay so, um, oh shoot, what was my? Oh, okay, I know what it is. Um, seven and a half out after kickoff. What is the first Chicago Bear 
player from the past that they'll show on the screen? After the kickoff. Um, um, yeah, let me see. I want to say they did that this week, didn't they? And there was like the, a montage. I think Ray Nitschke was one of the people they showed it, but Grant. So we're talking about a player. It can't be like George Hallis because that's who I think it would be. Oh, you, oh, you can say Hallis. Yeah, that's, I'm saying, that's I think actually Hallis was a player for the Bears. But okay, yeah. you, know, you know, you see him dressed in the like, like Lombardi with the overcoat and the hat. So I, okay. I think it'll be George Hallis. Yeah. All right. I'll go with Ditka. And then uh, that's a good one. That's good one. seven and three quarters, uh, old Packer. Will it be the first old Packer that they'll show? Uh, well, again, Nitschke's a good one uh, because he just he looks like a football player. Uh, it'll be. I'm get, I'm thinking it's going to be somebody from that '60s era. Um, Bart Starr, Paul Horning, Jim Taylor. Uh, let me go with Nitschke because that, that that one just came to my mind first, and they might be okay. purposed thing from last week. Yeah, right, I'll say Bart Starr. Now, if they show a team and Bart Starr is on there, and so and Nitschke say they're they're high-fiving or whatever, um, then the, you could both win. So Mike will have to kind of freeze frame to see. But uh, if they're showing the ice bowl and the whole line, you see Bart Starr, you know, I win, you lose. Nitschke is not in that. So it's the very first time they show one of the old players, you know, who is it? Who's who's on the screen? And then uh, seven and seven eighths, will they throw, yes or no, will they throw a ball to Christian Watson for more than 40 yards? Yes. You say yes? Yes. Uh, I'll say – I'm going to say no. I'll say no. Well, and, I, I, I kind of got that, that MVS vibe where even though he dropped it off and he caught it enough that they kept on doing it. Yeah. And, I mean, I suppose there's a chance they could throw a 10-yard play that runs for 40, and I'll give that a that, – that counts. But I was thinking, will they throw a over-the-top ball to uh, Watson? That's what I was thinking, too, something yeah. that's, like, in the air for – 40 yards but if, even if it's a screen and it goes 40 that that will count you know it's right, too hard right. to so right. well so, you say yes so i'll say no a gain of 40 yards yeah that's not that's not a running play that's not an end around that he you know takes right. it for 40 yeah okay it's got to be a reception and then tiebreaker uh total rushing yards for aaron jones i'm gonna say uh i'm gonna say a hundred yeah boy he i'll tell you 49 and five carries last time i'm gonna put that because I get a lot to deal. 89 for me. 89. Okay. Now, if you would like to play, uh, hopefully Mike is now I'm kind of seeing Mike's MO here. He might already be sending you the link or maybe you have the link. You just click on it. Um, but if you don't have it and uh, want to play along, it's super easy to do. You can do it on your phone, on your laptop or whatever. Um, email Mike Miller and just tell him, Hey, I, I want to play the betting lines and he'll take care of the rest. And you, all you need to do is know his email address, which is mitnomiller at gmail.com. That's M-I-T-N-O-M-I-L-L-E-R at gmail.com. We don't sing when nope. the Packers lose. Nope. Yeah. And, and, and I'm, that's the only good thing about a loss is that's that true. I don't have to embarrass myself. So that's, that's good. That's good. And I think the listeners are happy as well. Hope many people play. And um, I, I don't, I don't want to create extra work for Mike, but, you know, if he wants to to post that thing, uh, that Google uh, thing every week, I, we would be happy to push that out on the Packers Therapy Twitter account, which is at Packers Therapy. An excellent way to communicate with us, uh, by the way. 
Uh, I know Pastor Kevin was in touch with us after the game, and uh, Pastor Logan was uh, in touch with us. So, yeah, uh, absolutely. Don't hesitate, you know, to uh, hit us on Twitter. Excellent way for us because we really can't deal with more than 288 characters. All right, before uh, you do pop culture, yep. just a quick story. This yep. uh, this actually happened to me this week. Okay. Uh, through work, I uh, won't go into the details, but uh, there's an opportunity for our company to sort of look at something, and uh, they said um, we're we're raising funds for this opportunity, and one of the people that's also involved is Mike Singletary. Oh. And I was like, oh, how interesting. Like, I wonder if it would be interesting to, he's, like, sure, I'm interested just to meet Mike Singletary, right? He's not Catholic, though. Come on now. <laughs> he's, well, do we know that? I don't know. He, anyway, so, um, and I realized, you know, as I was going to respond back to, like, this is what I think is the best step forward, I realized that Mike Singletary's email address is is CC'd. So let me ask really? you this, Chris. Yes. So I, now this could go to his people or whatever. But um, let me ask you this, as I'm responding in a business way, yes or no, should I have sent a message to Mike saying something uh, related to football? What would you do? Do you think you would let that go? And and is it foolish to even bring it up on a podcast? <laughs> no, no. I, I would definitely correspond with that guy. I mean, if this was, you know, me doing this, I would say, you know, lifelong Packer fan, but I, you know, respected you greatly and deeply, both as a, as a player and a coach, you know, you exemplify the, you know, the, the best of what, um, you know, a, a Christian athlete should be all that kind of stuff. I would, oh. I would be laudatory because the guy was a great player and he seems like a really good guy. Um, and I also happen to see he's going to be celebrating a birthday next month. He'll be 64 oh. next month. All right. So, well, yeah, I mean, so let me tell you what I, I did. Yeah. Oh, good, so good, good. I, I sent a message and I said, P.S., I would regret not saying my hello to Mike. Mike, although I'm a big fan of the Green Bay Packers, having grown Perfect. up in Wisconsin, I yeah. dropped my loyalty in the 1980s and cheered for the Bears. It's an honor to say hello to you and hope you're doing well. That's what I sent. So we're on Mike Singletary watch right now to see if uh, I can get on Bear Week. Can I get an email from Mike Singletary? That'd be, I mean as much as I'm not a bear fan and want them to lose horribly, I, I, that would be a little bit of a rush. So I'll keep you informed. Yeah. I, I, I want to just stop you for a second here. You dropped your Packers loyalty in the eighties and you cheered for the bears. I did with the 85 bears. I even had the Super Bowl shuffle. Oh my um, God. Oh I, my, I, Oh, I'm sick. I'm going to throw up. Oh my God. When they played the Packers, I cheered oh. for the Packers, but they were so dominant. I oh. actually cheered for the bulls. You know, in the '90s, and now I'm a huge Bucks fan. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I, uh, Dave, uh, Dave, have I lost? Well, you all know, our listeners, I'm really glad that you didn't tell me this. You know, 20 years ago, because <laughs> there would be no podcast. Right. Uh, whew, I, I'm, I'm just getting the vapors here. Yeah, um, <laughs> I will say this about Mike Singletary. Um, he did accept the job at Trinity Christian Academy. In mm-hmm. Addison, Texas, his teams went one and twenty-one in two seasons. <laughs> well, so now mention something yeah. about that. In your next email to him. Hey, <laughs> nice job at Trinity Christian. Right. Uh, yeah, I should have said. You know, you got all those tackles because you had such a good defensive line. <laughs> Overrated. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> no, no. He. I would never do that. Uh, yeah, I was a huge fan, and he was. Uh, uh, 
Was he the punky LB? No, I guess there's the no, punky QB. No, yeah. no. He no, uh, he was he he was dignified, yeah. great, great player. And it says here, ordained minister and devout evangelical Christian. Yeah. Good man. Um, so yeah, I mean he he's I think as a good man and he was he was an absolutely great player. He's gotta be in the Hall of Fame, I would imagine. I think so. I, yeah, I'm I I'm ninety nine percent sure that he is. So well, I mean, we'll see. It be, yeah, it'd be crazy if he wasn't. If uh, I don't hear back, uh, I will, uh, you know, I'll rip up my William Perry poster that's on my wall. That's <laughs> oh, my God. Jeez. <laughs> getting worse and worse. No, but yeah, you, did, I, you did go to college in the Chicago area. Uh, and yes, that's my bull's excuse. You know, you I was going to college within, in within the shadow hour. of Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah. And, right. and, and, and you grew up in southern Wisconsin, which you were between Milwaukee and Chicago. And so, yeah, I guess I understand that. Um, and there were a compelling story of 15 and one that year. Maybe the best defense I've ever seen. So, yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, they were incredible. So, all right, then let's talk pop culture now that we've talked Mike Singletary. Um, so what do you got? Well, I don't have much, uh, but I, I don't know if I've mentioned I am working through a series. I got started watching this when I uh, had COVID around uh, May. It was Rehearsal? May. Uh, I did talk. Oh, did, we should come back to that. Uh, no, uh, it's a show called The Last Kingdom on Netflix. Have I ever talked about this show for you, given all so. the uh, Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones that's going on? This is a, uh, uh, a dramatization of what it was like back when England was uh, into their various kingdoms. It wasn't before the United Kingdom, I suppose. And uh, it's a, I guess it's supposed to be like the Vikings, probably Game of Thrones is like, but much more kind of historically based, I would say. It's not... There's no dragons. There's no magic or anything. It's, um, but it's, uh, it's a very. I, I enjoy it a lot. The main character Uhtred is a super cool guy. You know what it is? It's like um, Sons of Anarchy and uh, Old England is how I would, ah, I would characterize okay. it. Um, right. And uh, uh, that I'm on the last season now. I just finished the second to last. And uh, if you have, if you want to go through a kind of a long series and get invested in like Lord of the Rings kind of stuff, I, it's super fun. So I wanted to throw that one out there. I'm glad you did because I'll never watch it. Uh, I want I, I to give that a try. It's <laughs> out of the you. question. Yeah, yeah. Well, what about the rehearsal? You know, I do. I do want to watch that, but I want something else instead. This okay. Um, and I don't think I've mentioned this because I think I I actually started it before uh, the last podcast, which <laughs> no one knows about. Um, it's you. You remember Bill Nye, the Science Guy, right? You know. I do. Yeah. Um, I don't think your kids were probably not. Bill Nye age, because your kids are like 10 years younger than mine. Yeah. Uh, but when my kids were growing up, uh, Bill Nye, the science guy, was, you know, um, kind of like the, it was like the Mr. Wizard from our, you know, growing up time. Um, so anyway, he's got a series. Uh, it's uh, only six parts called The End is Nye, but it's a play on T. His name is Nye, and Nye is, and I, well, anyway, you, you kind of get it. it. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's all these different disaster scenarios about how the world could end. <laughs> um, and, you know, of course, being so, science, these are all the scientific. Packer game in there? <laughs> well, that would have been the Seattle NFC Championship game. Right, right. That, there, one mistake will, from our weekend. There yeah. will never be replicated, period. Um, but this is really great. I mean, it, it's because it, it's done a little bit of a sense of humor as much as the end of the world scenarios can be, you know, funny. But a lot of them are linked to things like, uh, you know, Earth getting hit by uh, an asteroid or some other kind of space projectile. Um, I was unaware of this, but 
Yellowstone National Park, of course, everyone who's been there knows that there's a lot of, you know, volcanic activity, hot springs, you can smell the sulfur in the air. Old Faithful is, I mean, that's an explosion from underneath Earth. Well, that is like um, an area that has exploded in the past and will again. A lot of the beauty that exists in Yellowstone is because of ancient volcanic activity. And someday that's going to blow again. And <laughs> what would happen to everything in that area and the amount of soot that goes into the air and then how that blocks out the sunlight and you come into this permanent winter situation lasts for a decade when nothing grows and people starve and you know all these kind of scenarios play out each episode each one of the six is a different kind of doomsday scenario and then of course what we could be doing now to forestall these things happening, what kind of planning we should be oh, doing? Oh, good. Well, there, so there's, yeah, it's not just doom and gloom. There's a, no. a practical side. Of it. Good. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And again, it's done with a with a sense of humor. You know, uh, Bill Nye dies in each one of the episodes. He's a victim of you know these things you know happening. One of them was uh, the Dust Bowl situation being recreated. You know, because that did happen. And I guess I haven't spent a lot of time in the Great Plains of North America. But I guess there are still places that are still devastated by the Dust Bowl of the 1930s, you know, hmm. that are that are still, you know, desert dunes and all that kind of stuff. Um, so that is not that wasn't a freak occurrence that happens, you know, from time to time. But there are things that, you know, we can do now to mitigate the damage. And I guess the reason that was important is because so much of the world's food, you know, comes from that area and you disrupt that. Food supply, obviously, you know, people are, are going to suffer, are going to die, and that's when political instability happens. Um, and, you know, I mean, all of these are really bad scenarios that play out. A lot of them are environmental or, you know, things that we don't really think about a lot, earthquakes, that sort of thing, that can disrupt um, so much of our culture. The last thing I'll mention, which is something I really hadn't thought about, um, one of them was a, a solar flare. And we have solar flares all the time, and that's why we have northern lights, and oh, isn't that nice? But every once in a while, and there was one in the middle 1850s, a huge one <laughs> that, you know, took down. And the only technology we had in those days, you know, was Morse code, the, the telegraph lines. And, yeah, that was, you know, that was too bad that that happened and, you know, it destroyed communication. Well, now, these days, it would take down the entire world electrical grid. This disruption, <laughs> the same kind of solar flare that happened in 1855 or whenever it was, it was sometime in the middle 19th century. Um, if that happened now, it would take down the entire uh, ele electric grid. All of our communications would be disrupted. Everything that we do uh, from you know this podcast and computerization and heating and all of that stuff is all tied into the electrical grid. So... What are we doing to have safeguards to protect the grid in the a case of something that happened? It wasn't that long ago, you know, it was 160 years ago, and it's going to happen again. That that wasn't like a one-off kind of deal. So the message of the thing is, you got to be prepared, and this is what you should do to forestall these things from happening. So I recommend it. It's dark in lots of ways, but it's encouraging yeah. because there are things that can be done now. But we have to have you know, the political and economic will to prepare. Chris, we can't even 
do the smallest of things. You think we're going to be able to pull ourselves together for all the science guys disasters? No, no, yes. No, uh, so absolutely not. That's not. I'm happen. glad that you brought that up because I will not be watching that one. So thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, I mean, it's it. His point was that if we want to do this, we can, but you know, we have people now, you know, climate deniers and things like that. Um, and there's enough of those people where things aren't aren't going to get done. And I'm lucky. I'm 10 years older than you all. Probably be dead anyway. But oh. you know, I mean, I, I, it's something to be concerned about for for our children. You know. So well, you know, a good you know. news is I heard a speaker today and sort of reflected on how he said, you know, our our American system is a blend of democracy and capitalism. Those are two rules of of governing that are in conflict with each other. Yes, one is correct. one one person, one vote, yep. and the other is one dollar, one vote. Mm. And they talked about how those are two very different things. But the pandemic that happened, at least in the United States, those two things came together in the democracy, said we need to take care of everyone, and you had stimulus money go out. But you also had capitalism come up with something called the vaccine, which also, mm -hmm. so we actually came together when we had to and solved an enormous problem, an act of God that happened. It was no one's fault, uh, at least as far as we know. Um, but, and we and we actually came together and solved it. So I wonder if that would make you feel better if as you kind of think about a pandemic. Now, it wasn't, you know, your skin was falling off pandemic, but we actually had a pandemic and kind of rallied and, and, and made it happen. So uh, maybe maybe we'll, we're in better shape than we think. The difference, of course, being that, you know, we could respond as it happened. Um, and so there were a lot of people that didn't think it was a real thing. Um, sure. The thing is to get people to take action before it's a crisis. I oh. think people are really good at when there's a crisis, when they're when the tornado hits, they're really good at you know retroactively trying to do something to make things better. But that's when true. it comes to preparing in advance, that's the problem humans have: is that if you don't see a problem, uh, there's something else that is a problem right now. And so we're not going to prepare for that catastrophe down the road. We're going to try to solve the problem we have right now ahead of us here. And I don't think that's, I mean, it's not a great thing, obviously, but it certainly is understandable why, you know, people don't want to spend a lot of time for things that may never happen or that they won't happen in my lifetime or will be 300 years from now. So people don't prepare for it. They, what they do is when the market crashes and people are out of work, yeah, then we, you know, we have stimulus and we do different things, you know, with monetary policy to, you know, try to correct the crisis that we're in. But doing things to get ahead of stuff, just people just aren't good at that. Well, so let's bring us all together. The inability to prepare is very much like the Packers coaching. Team. Exactly. That's, that's right. I think. Bring no, it all that's, together. That's, you know, and I was actually thinking that before you even said it. I mean, that's, yeah, it's, it's, it's one, it's one it of those. It says itself. It, it speaks out itself. Yeah. And it, it really does. So <laughs> I'm going to let people ponder these great <laughs> mysteries for the next week. Uh, we'll be back. We'll, we'll do more Packers therapy because you don't get this kind of quality podcasting just any place, you know? <laughs> so we're going to come back. We're going to do this again. Packers will take on the Bears. It's got to be a better performance than it was. I mean, it wouldn't have to take a lot to be a better performance. Uh, but we're going to see. You know, it, this is the best TV show every year. It comes back, uh, and we're back. We're going to be the second installment. The first one was kind of a clunker, but that doesn't mean that the season's going to be a washout. Uh, we'll come back. We'll review it for you uh, next week. But until that time, I'm Chris. And I'm Dave. And that is Packers Therapy.
I'm Chris. And I'm Dave. And that's Packers Therapy.